0: The information contained in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute investment or financial advice. You should seek tailored advice that is specific to your circumstances before making any investment decision.
1: The Good Investing Podcast connects you with successful investors and business leaders who invest in or are experts in a range of industries, but do it with a difference.
2: From there, I was at lunch with Nick Politis and John Houston. John left early and just left Nick and I and it was, I was in awe of Nick Politis and feeling a little insecure, but we got along and I saw a man that was a good person. He was showing an Interest in me and said, Paul, would you like to meet the new coach? And I said, Oh, yeah. He said, He went to the same school as you. He said, His name's Trent Robinson. He got on the phone, and within seven and a half minutes, Trent Robinson was at the front door.
0: Welcome to part B of the Margot and Paul episode of the Good Investing Podcast. We hope you enjoyed part A. We've got really, really good feedback on part A. It's a really unique relationship there between Margot and Paul and Kids Express and GSA. We think a lot of other business leaders will look to try and reproduce something like that. I think it's also got a lot of people talking about diversity and thinking about diversity, not just for diversity's sake, but for the purpose of being able to think about things differently. And that all leads to culture, which we discussed and will discuss again on this episode. Culture, hard to define, but we all agree that it's something you can feel and it's closely linked to the values of the company. Enjoy part B of Margot and Paul. Now, Paul, you're you're a big picture guy. You're definitely a big picture guy. Insurance industry generally, um, being involved for so long, stepping back. What are the big challenges? How do you think about the industry as a whole? So
2: the industry is in a hardening rate cycle. So prices have been going up now for about five years. Um, Prior to that, they were going down for about 15 years. So it's now back because of these huge increases, particularly to big businesses and to people in um, danger zones like um, – Hazardous areas like far north Queensland with the cyclone, flood zones, uh, their the rates are now at a point where insurance companies are going to start making massive profits. So I, they've been run by fear. They don't think outside the, the square. Um, very blinkered vision in order to try and turn these big organisations around in terms of profitability. But we're there. There or thereabouts, Matt. So... I think the future, it's the same as when I started in the industry. We had been – it was Keating, the Keating era in government. We were in a we were adverse uh, economic times and in, it was a really h- a hard rate cycle then. Insurance prices were going up uh, as the economy was going down. So I hate that inverse uh, relationship that you tend to have. Um, so – Rates are going up when people can least afford to pay those premiums. I think that smart capital should be, should soon be coming into the insurance sector, in, into the underwriting side of things. And that, that if there's, we need some thought leaders, we need some different thinkers, uh, some bright people with capital behind them. And I think there are great investment opportunities in terms of underwriting. So I
0: think we're right on the precipice now of, of going into a softer cycle. Mm, interesting, interesting. Uh, I know it's a big debate in financial markets at the moment. Um, Margo, other industries, other types of businesses that have um, requested your services with their staff and so on. Yeah. Give us a few other little snippets. Oh, I think
1: it's been quite remarkable and I, and I, again, would say I think as people learn about the impact that you've had, they want you to have more impact. And and I'm always really conscious you can't be a fly by night. I think, again, the beautiful thing about GSA is there was a depth to that relationship that's endured in the good times and the tough times, actually. Um But I think the thing I'm probably most proud of recently, Matt, is I got asked to be the occasional speaker for graduating students from Western Sydney Uni. And if I'm honest, I kind of underplayed that completely. And really honest, I didn't read the email properly. So I didn't realise what I'd actually committed to until the Thursday before. And I did uh, get quite anxious about the fact that I was doing this speech and it was such a pivotal moment for our future workforce, which I think for all businesses is is actually a major issue. and I gave this five-minute speech um, to these students, and it was profound for me. There was 1,500 people in the audience, and as every, so, it's Western Sydney Uni. There's young people getting up with their traditional costumes on, so proud. And every time a, a young person got up or a, a student got up, there would be this roar from one part of the crowd, and it was their family cheering them on. And it was just my my cheeks hurt just smiling so much at all these possibility of these students and where they can be in the future. And I, you know, I gave my speech which was about kindness and it was about love and life and and finding purpose. And my belief is we actually all have the same purpose. We are humankind and everybody's purpose is to be both to the best of their ability, be human and kind, which I think I also Nice. To say. nice but the the thing that also got me mad is And this is where I think you can be on a stage and you can have an impact, but you can also be part of an audience or a crowd and also have the impact because you know, my car was a five minute walk away from where the room I had to leave to get to my car. It took me an hour and a half because after that event, I had all these families coming up to me saying, just need to tell you, never thought my son would finish high school going to uni or none of our family's ever gone to university. And what's the next step do you think, you know, I should take in my career? And I literally got back to my car in the afternoon going, I've just had the most extraordinary experience. So, I think that's also one of the things is as a motivational speaker, I think both of us would say, yep, you can be on stage. But equally, you can be in a room and connect with people, ask them those questions, ask them what their dreams are, ask them what they want to stand for. And equally, you can just be just as motivational in that way. And it it amazes me how many times, and we'd be able to share so many times that that actually comes back to you years later and you didn't actually realise it was that profound at the time, but it is.
0: It had a, it had an influence that yeah. you weren't aware of at the time. Um, look up Margot Wood. Uh, I think it's on YouTube, definitely on LinkedIn, your speech. I've watched it, seen it. It was unreal. So I'd highly recommend everyone to look that up. It was the graduating the graduation for this year, yeah, I this think, Western West Sydney Uni. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, we're sitting here about three kilometres away from Brookvale Oval, um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a Manly fan, I must say. Spent many, many, many a long afternoon on the hill at Brookie in my younger years. But you're you're an absolute um, Roosters fan through and through, Paul. Um, to talk to us about your relationship there with the Roosters and Trent Robinson and the success there and linking that in with the success at GSA and business in general. What, what have you What have you learned? Tell yeah. us about that relationship. Yeah, Matt,
2: it's funny how it all sort of in a lifetime, how it, all these things – what happens? What transpires? Um, I'm a boy off a farm out uh, past Dubbo and every weekend we would get together for the match of the day and in those days it was only a couple sports. It was cricket and rugby league and uh, I was a rooster, so I just liked the colours, I think, and Russell Fairfax and they, they were flamboyant and I just – so that was my team and uh, I had a couple of brothers who were St George and Canterbury and uh, so lots of fights Uh, lots of backyard footy and stuff like that. So that I just, I'm a a loyal person and they were the colors that I took on back then. And then fast forward through boarding school into whatever, into then into the. Business world and GSA had become a fairly significant uh, part of St. George Bank. And St. George Bank had this annual uh, event uh, in one of the hotels in Sydney where they invited me along their top 100 clients. I don't know, I don't think I was that, but I was obviously getting close so they invited me along and then the state manager she said would you like to meet the uh the ceo of the roosters and i said sure and it was a fellow by the name of rob riddle who was a lovely soft individual who was into bushwalking the most unlikely person to be the ceo of a, of a rugby league club and uh, a gentleman. and uh, i clicked with him and we talked and then i, I he came To our office the next week, and I talked you through our blue book. They were having some behavioural parameters problems at the time, and then they adopted a red, white, and blue book. And uh, I don't think in the short term it was that effective, but again, (laughs) these things need to be embraced throughout the whole club, and that has certainly happened. From there, I was at lunch with Nick Politis and uh, and John Houston, and um, at Beppi's. And Nick Polite, John left early and just left Nick and I. And it was I was in awe of Nick Politis and and uh, feeling a little insecure. But we got along, and I saw a man that was a, a good person, and uh, he was showing an interest in me, and said, "Paul, would you like to meet the new coach?" And I said, "Oh yeah." He said he went to the same school as you, the same boarding agricultural boarding school, and I said sure he said his name's Trent Robinson he got on the phone and within seven and a half minutes Trent Robinson was at the front door, <laughs> <his> <laughs> <thing> <laughs> on the door. And I thought wow this man has got power <laughs> <laughs> just took John Houston's yeah. spot just yeah, took, right. <laughs> took his park outside the rock star and and yeah so then I met Trent Robinson and he was oh, he's, he's he's a lot of things but he's not a good dresser because he had an old pair of um board shorts on and a t-shirt and so unassuming and he was on his way to sign Sonny Bill Williams. and We had a great chat, yeah. got together uh, not so long after that, and we formed a really strong bond. And uh, he is one of my best friends and a person I respect uh, greatly. I admire Trent Robinson and, and – uh, I think to me, uh, one of the great leaders in our community, Margot, likewise. But Trent Robinson is a person that I could see going into politics. He's, he's very sharp, got a great mind. He's got compassion, decency, loyalty. Um, a lot of the things that I love. Uh, he's well read. Um, and he's just well meaninged person. And, uh, Margot, I know you feel the same about Trent. And, uh, so, through Trent, we've been the sponsor of him and the rest of the coaching staff for his whole tenure after meeting him outside of Beppi's. So it's now just over 10 years since we've been involved and And I can honestly say that the organisation is such a thoroughly good one. Uh, he says it's not just about winning football games. I want to make better human beings out of the the, the, the players that I have under my control and I see it in action. There, are, You don't hear of the behavioural issues associated with the roosters and i better touch wood whilst I'm saying this. Um, but it's just a, they from top to bottom that is a well run and decent organisation
1: I think I can add to that again um, through the connection with GSA because Express was very fortunate a number of years ago to actually have a formalised relationship with the roosters for a year and I'd met Trent a couple of times socially with Paul through Paul um, but I was actually asked to go over and meet with, with Trent and I, was, I remember walking over going oh my god I'm, I'm an all-blacks daughter what on earth am I going to talk one-on-one to a footy coach about I have no idea so I was kind of like oh I guess I kind of just ask how the season's going or something <laughs> but what amazed me and again that connection back to safety and I would say Trent's depth of emotional intelligence I, I got there and you know shook the hand going blank in my mind and did do this. So, Trent, how's it going? And, and Trent just went into this. Well, Margo, you might have noticed, which I hadn't, you might have noticed that we've had an off-field incident over the weekend. So this is a number of years ago. Um, and we've just, I've just come out of a leadership meeting and we've been discussing how that young man felt so unsafe that that was his behaviour over the weekend. And I was, Blown away. I'm like, I've just come out of a therapy session with a group of kids, virtually having the same conversation about why a child, rather than looking at the behaviour, why does he feel so unsafe? And that, that, at that moment, I was like, wow. And I totally lent into the roosters. The roosters had come to Kids Express. They've had connection with our kids and, and they, yeah that blew my mind I mean Trent is somebody that I follow I listen to um, what he says online etc because I think it's very relevant often to our children so lessons can come from anywhere and uh, my family wasn't wonderfully pleased when I said I'm now supporting the roosters <laughs> but I think because of Sunny bill I got forgiven for that <laughs> um, but you know that's that's the again that goes to the power of relationships and connection And being vulnerable enough to know or believe you can learn lessons from anywhere, as long as and people of
2: like mind, Margo find each other.
1: Yeah, you know,
2: with you going to school events and you think, oh God, I don't
0: think I'm going to fit in. You find your own. Yeah, you you do. You You do. It's just amazing. So you get GSA Kids Express and the Roosters, you know, linked together with with, you know shared values and goals. And uh, there's a real example there, I think, to a lot of business leaders out there it it wouldn't be a trio that you'd necessarily guess would be together <laughs> no no you wouldn't, you wouldn't but no, no, as you say right. it was like one of those five there's and of the
1: events that <laughs> we run that on paper shouldn't work and they're the best events aren't they yeah, like they you are. kind of look at them and go this just should work yeah. but they always work it'd be
2: a bit random I think yeah, it works in in yeah. the business world too yeah it surprises yeah. people it, it goes back to the values
1: bit. it surprises people it does, it does they end up mold. having a really good time that's the other thing how many events do we go to where the conversation's very singular whereas if you can have diversity in that Um, conversation at events and different levels of engagement, people leave feeling Different. They see the culture that's created between. Yeah,
0: it is so true, Margot. Now I've got half an eye on the clock. We've run way over, it, but I don't care. But this it's good content. It's this, this good content. It it's just, this is it is superb content. Now I've got some questions. Now these are standard questions. I don't reckon we're going to get standard <laughs> answers. And you can both just jump in and answer. Uh, it doesn't matter. There's no rules here. But the most important aspect of good leadership that's most often overlooked. Ooh.
2: I think. For, can I start, Margot? I think it's authenticity.
0: Authenticity, good.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's 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 overlooked, underestimated. The authentic leaders. That that's the, the, this period we're in now. We need authentic leaders. We need to know what they they stand for. They need to be themselves.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. I would add to that, kindness. I think, it, and kindness, not in the, I'll do anything for anybody. Kindness, true kindness has to be bounded It has to be really clear um, and kindness isn't always nice. So I think kindness and leadership really speaks to authenticity as well.
0: Excellent. Now, culture, we talked about it before. The organisation grows. You've got a great culture to start. How do you maintain the culture as you put more and more and more and more people on? The business grows, it gets bigger. How do you maintain the culture that you wanted at the beginning Yep. And how do you maintain it through that growth Okay, period? It,
2: it starts with leadership, culture, finishes with leadership. So watch the leader. And it, it, they need to be exemplar number one. So if they're living, living the culture, and it's obvious, they will be followed. The culture will remain strong. It's hard as an organisation grows. I know that.
0: I know it firsthand.
1: Yeah, wholeheartedly agree.
0: Right. so Margot, you're interviewing two equally qualified candidates, almost equal on almost every element. You can only hire one person. What's the key distinguishing feature you're looking for?
1: The key distinguishing feature for me would be I would probably say a level of vulnerability. Do they give of themselves? Is there something that I can tell this person is going to be a cultural fit or are they just giving me the, the answers that they think I want to hear? Um and I think that comes down to how you craft your questions, and how you open and close. But they've got to be able to give me a, a little bit more, and I've got to be able to see where they would fit in the culture. Do they completely change it, or are they going to tweak it? Are they going to add to it? So yeah, it's it's not as easy as saying, "Oh, you've got you've got a better set of qualifications because you went to that university over that one." I will always take vulnerability and. Ability to have a bit of humour and connection over qualification.
2: Matt, I've interviewed so many people. I love interviewing people. You're meeting someone here in their life story, and you're sort of breaking them down and trying to make them bring forth that vulnerability. But the one overarching question that runs through my mind, and everyone at GSA knows this, is: Would I buy from this person? That's that's all it just runs through my mind. I keep on thinking about it with every question I'm asking and probing and would I buy from this person? And that encompasses everything. Yeah. Because people would buy from ethical partners, they would come to you because of people like you. So I th- I think that is the The one question that I would suggest um, anyone out there listening who does do a lot of interviewing and they're trying to make those decisions, would I buy from this person?
0: Would I I like to deal with this person?
1: Is there evidence that that I could trust this person?
0: Yeah, trust, definitely, definitely. Now, either of you can answer this. When you've failed at something or something hasn't gone right, what have you learned from it and I, 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 something has right
2: is that I, I've been too tolerant of piss takers. And if I had my time again in business, uh, I would have got rid of them sooner. I am too. I'm a giving person by nature. I, I, I just I've a lot of love in me, and I like putting it out there. And people take advantage of it. My my my. my Parameters yes and no are not strong enough my boundaries people have taken advantage of that in the past and it, and I almost resent it I'm
0: sort of getting over it but i would I would get rid of them sooner well sometimes they're not suited for the role and actually will enjoy another role better but it's very hard to determine that at the time mugger
1: um is this the? Is this more the? What would I say to the twenty-one-year-old self? Oh, question. You can actually, can want I be talking to that? To that? Jump so what's interesting <laughs> for me is, and I thought about this question quite a bit. What I, the first thing that popped into my head, when I was twenty-one when we got on the bus <laughs> <laughs> to go on the container. <laughs> no, no, no. Is get on the bus? Um, but actually, what I would say to myself as a twenty-one-year-old is, um, you you think your life is going to be a certain way? Uh, it's not going to turn out like that. It will look incredibly different, but your life is going to be so rich and so wonderful, but it's not going to be traditional. You know, for me, I'm you know, I wanted to have my own children. I haven't had my own child. There's sort of things like that, but there's when you look at life differently, life will give you what it needs. So I would say to my 21-year-old self, get on the bus and you're going to have it all. It's just not going to look the, the way society tells you the way it's, it's meant to look.
2: Matt, what I'd say, great, Margo, I acknowledge that first. And uh, what I would say to the twenty-one-year-old self is to not lose the eight-year-old self. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think through being a workaholic and being just just so busy trying to prove myself that I lost who who I genuinely was, that little boy. And so I think that if you can go through your career holding on to the infant self, that would be the
0: advice that I'd be giving. Unique, unique advice, wow. good advice. beautiful. Um, now, looking at early investments, that can be financial or otherwise, business, anyone can jump in, best early investment or investment you've <coughs> ever made?
1: Yeah. Uh- Early intervention and in children's mental health and yourself. <laughs>
2: Forming, no, G-S- really- Forming GSA. Forming <laughs> GSA. <laughs> Kids express a the GSA. They were worth the two best investments of time, the most precious commodity.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. All right. A couple more here. So what are you reading at the moment? Paul you both actually bought the books. Now, unfortunately yeah, yeah. this I did, is. Um This is only audio, not visual, but.
2: Yeah, I'm not showing off uh, because, but I am on this quest, this lifelong quest. And particularly since I've stepped into this executive chair role, I've got some time, but I'm trying to find out who the hell I am and understand things like happiness. And I'm no closer. I am absolutely (laughs) confused. And uh, so I'm reading Joyful Wisdom uh, Embracing Change and Finding Freedom by Yongi Mingur Rinpoche. Yeah, so um, how's it going so far? I really I really love it. It was sent by a friend and uh yeah, I just really
0: I it's it's Buddhist. Um, teaching really but I'm really enjoying it Matt. I might borrow that from you yeah, after when yeah when you finish that'd be good and hey, Margot what have um, you got there
1: uh, this is actually is a book by uh, Owen Eastwood it's called Belonging the Ancient Code of Togetherness this was actually recommended to me by Trent Robinson if I'm honest I'm finding it a little bit hard to get into it and I keep thinking oh I've got to read some of it before I see Robo again but um, but there's some. It's it's very much based on on Kiwi on, um, uh, yeah, from my origins from New Zealand. And uh, there's a lot of lessons I'm sure to be held in here. So I ke- it's one of those books. I have a pile by my bed that I just pick up and put down. So that's the one I'm focusing on at. Right, the two
0: very good books there. Now, what keeps you up at night, Margo What do
1: you worry about? Oh, um, what do I worry about? Okay. I look, at the fairly obvious one is is what we're really disturbingly seeing in community around children's mental health. The fact that we have very young children who are contemplating the end of their life there. Um, and and all the trauma and adversity that's there, that obviously keeps me up at night. In terms of, I think, from a business perspective um, – Creating the right plan to move forward, having, cause there's so many different moving parts and how I do that. But I had a very good friend of ours, Kerry McCabe, recently said to me, if you want to get God to laugh, just tell him your plans. <laughs> So I'm kind of going. So let's make it a least framework, and then we'll work towards that, knowing that life will intervene as it does. But that does, I think, you get to an age in your career as well where, and and Paul's <laughs> been really supporting me and and challenging me on, hey girl, you're at. I'm not going to say my age, but you're at this point. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a plan, so get People a plan. Have that out, <laughs> you know, They've done out. And Added it all up now. <laughs> but I think that's for me. It's the plan. But then letting go of that plan and going, you got to live life. Um, yeah, so there's lots of things that keep me up at night. Yeah. But I, I also think that's a good thing because I'm at my age, I'm really challenging myself and I've got really good friends around me that are holding me accountable to the plan and challenging myself and delivering on that.
2: Matt, I, I'm, I didn't sleep well last night. It wasn't because I was nervous about this, um, but I, I feel to be completely open. I think we need to talk about these things. I feel a little lost in terms of I don't feel like I've had my career. I don't. I feel, I said it to a friend yesterday, I said, I feel like a failure. I feel like I haven't achieved enough. And maybe what I'm, I'm getting at is that I haven't done enough for others, and Kids Express is one thing, but Margo's the one at the face doing that. I I just want something, I want to do something with more meaning. I want to bring more people joy. And the cut and thrust of the corporate world didn't, I I, I didn't really feel that. The staff certainly and clients were happy, but staff, yes. Um, I just feel unsatisfied and uh, there's a desire to do something that's greater for the greater good. I, I, I I'm worried about it. I don't know how to articulate it really.
0: Well, the good news is you've 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 got the opportunity and time to make that good. I think you are been a, a bit hard on yourself personally. Yeah, I'll well, talk, personally, I'll, do I'll too. Talk, I'll talk to you both about it off <laughs> off offline. <laughs>
1: <laughs> off <line. laughs> inspirational, <laughs> inspirational people. <laughs> oh, inspirational people. Um, I don't need to look very far. I'm. In terms of there's definitely my family, um, it's my friends. You know, you can look to people all around the world. I can say Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, et cetera, and, and Brene Brown and all the people that I look to online to, to get some sort of inspiration. But I would have to say for me it is it is definitely my close network. And when I say close, there's only five of them that I absolutely in good times and bad I go to and go, Hey, can you <laughs> that that's for me who is inspirational? And then there's been times in my career that it's actually been children that have delivered that one-liner that absolutely kneecaps you that you then realise, yeah, get off, your, get off your soapbox and get down to the ground. We're all the same. So inspiration, I think, is never very far away from us.
2: Hmm.
0: Paul, anyone come to mind? No. No. no Not mine. really.
2: Not really, Matt.
0: No one individual. All right, so we've got the last little bit here, so we'll end on a on a light note, hopefully. So this is a game that I play with my nine-year-old, although I haven't actually played with him. Um, this game for a while, but I do used to play this game. He's now ten. It's the either or game. It's probably a bit of unnecessary detail. <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> um,
1: okay.
0: I <I'll> just throw <laughs> cricket balls at him now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he loves it. So, all right. Either or. You've only got. You're going to yeah. say one of the two. Fire. It's got to be just like really quick fire. Yep. And just first thought that comes into your head. Paul, underwriting or broking. Broking. Margot, music or art. Art. Paul, if you could only choose one player for your side, would it be Bob Fulton or Freddie Fidler? Two two players who did play part of their careers. Yeah, they did. Part of their careers. (laughs) True, true. At uh, at East. So East Roosters, East. See,
2: this gets back to our whole conversation. (laughs) Character is important. Culture is important. Mm -hmm. Definitely Fidler.
0: I remember working at Penrith Plaza Shopping Centre in 1992 and uh, he was a 17-year-old prodigy playing at Penrith. And it he, he, he was clear at that point that he had the ability on, on the football field, very, very clear. I think what has been fascinating is his ability as coach and human. And to
2: communicate and to show softness and to do charitable works. And I don't and, know him. Exactly. I don't know him. I've observed
0: this from afar. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's well um, said, mate. a little bit of an um, extra there. So, Paul, follow up who has played, and this is a bit of a different part of this, it's like a question, like either or.
2: <laughs> so one of them's right. You're messing up. One of them's right yes. and one of them's wrong. Okay. So it's either
0: or. Yeah. Uh, who's played more first grade games for the Roosters, Anthony Minicello or Luke Rickardson? Anthony Minicello by one. By
2: one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. Very good. 303? Uh, versus 302?
1: Yeah. 302 versus 301, of the games, yeah,
0: mate, I think it is, mate. That one. No, no, stand I, no, no, no I, I think you're probably right there. Margot, to, to know a lot about something or know. Something about a lot. Oh, we
1: had a big debate about this in the (laughs) office today. Um, I decided I would rather know something about a lot but be curious enough that if I had the conversation about one, I could deep dive into it.
0: I think that qualifies as an answer. (laughs) Thank you. We'll we'll, we'll accept that answer. I
1: am the one answering (laughs) here,
0: Matt. Margo, so uh, uh, a follow-up, kind of. Who's a better storyteller, Rob Kelly or John Houston?
1: Oh, I wanted you to ask Paul that question. Paul, Paul. <laughs> we can
2: both answer. Well, John is—he is he's, <laughs> he's such an intellect and, and, uh, and I love him because he, he gave himself to our company and to me personally and to Margot over so many years. Without He was always there when I needed him. But he has, he's sharp when it comes to jokes. He loves a laugh. Rob Kelly will go however far he needs to go to get you to laugh. Whereas, whereas John knows when to
0: stop. They're <laughs> no, both funny, though. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like a sit-on-the-fence answer, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take John Houston as the answer there.
1: Let's go with John.
0: All right, well, we've come to the end. It's been so much fun. It's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. you two really inspirational people. Thank you for giving me a go on the Kids Express board. It's one of the honours of my life. Um, it's been uh, a pleasure to know you and, and hopefully – well, I just can't wait to see the next chapters. Yeah. Paul, you haven't yeah. done enough. Yeah. 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 A more. We'll get to you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. And thanks for being on the Good Investing Podcast. It's been an to be Thank
1: you so much, thank man. You. Thanks a lot, mate. Thank you for listening to the Good Investing Podcast. Subscribe to hear future episodes. And for more information about Ethical Partners Funds Management, visit ethicalpartners.com.au.